Rising action. Rising action. Right, we should be good to go. I believe so. I just want my phone call. What do we actually know? Rising action podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rising Action Podcast. I am Josh Johnson, and over there is Grayson with uh, one Y Schrader. How you doing? Wonderful, splendid. <laughs> Feels like it has been far too long since we have recorded an episode. Because it has been. I don't. I don't. What was the last episode we did? Two thousand one: A Space Odyssey. So about two, two and a half weeks. About 2,001 years ago. Yeah, that's what it feels like. <laughs> feels like it's been way too long. Yeah, we got busy one week and we took that off. And then, yeah, and man, it's, it, we, we, we lead busy lives. I'll say that much. Indeed. But uh, it is a, a happy day because we're talking about some fun stuff. And uh, before we get into all that, we're going to do all the little housekeeping things that that just have to happen. You should, you should be used to it if you listen, and if you don't, you should be used to it from other podcasts, because this is just how exactly. it works. So, uh, you can follow myself uh, on Instagram and Twitter at JoshJohnson98 with two N's. You can follow Grayson on all the places at Tradester8, and most importantly... Leave a like on this episode, share it with your friends, mm-hmm. tell your homies about it if you enjoyed it, if you don't, tell them anyway, and um, subject them to the misery that you went through, and uh, we can all get through this together. <laughs> <laughs> so Couldn't have said it better myself. Now that we've gotten all the fun stuff out the way, um, there's been something new coming out recently, and... Um, I know Grayson is over the moon excited about it. In fact, one of my friends, actually one of my coworkers, called me um, earlier tonight, and he goes, have you seen the new episode? And um, I have not, but uh, we're going to talk oh. about it anyway. Um, it, it is Mandalorian. It is that time of the year. Yes, the most wonderful time of the year. It's the most. Where Mandalorian and Baby Yoda go on their adventures <laughs> and kill people. When the child Pretty does great. the hand thing. Yes. It's the best. And it, yeah, I wish you saw this in the episode, but I won't spoil it. But when also he murders children. Oh. Um, <laughs> that's putting it a little too, uh, a little too inaccurate there. But uh, if, if you know, you know. Alrighty. Well, that should be fun. I'm going to be ruined later yeah, tonight when the child kills yeah. other children. <laughs> Stay tuned for happens. next week when Josh comes to the episode emotionally scarred because everything he thought is now a lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's been learning a little too much from Mando. He's like, ah, kill. <laughs> no, but it, <laughs> no, it's not, it's not quite like that, but you'll see what I mean. But, um, but yeah, after this most recent episode, I kind of got the idea. We, we wanted to talk about Mandalorian, but I got the idea that the show, I think Mandalorian is a great show. However, it's very unique in its approach that it feels like a blend between a like like an animated show in terms of like its format of it being kind of like that villain of the week or adventure of the week, almost like actually like a radio serial, like uh, like back in the the 30s and 40s when people would listen to like. Um, 
like Flash Gordon and stuff like that. That's kind of what Mandalorian feels like, which makes sense considering George Lucas's um, appreciation and inspiration from those shows. Um, but at the same time, it's also strides the line of being sort of like a Game of Thrones type show where it's like very high budget and high octane and like, uh, I mean, and widely renowned because obviously it's Star Wars. Right. Um, and so there have been 10 episodes to come out of The Mandalorian. And I remember speaking on the Comic Blast podcast with Keenan, which you guys can also go check both of us out there. Uh, and we were talking about, as the first season was running, how while there are some episodes that certainly aren't this way, many of the episodes are what people would consider filler. At least I would consider them filler. Um, Josh, how do you how do you feel about that take? Yeah, so I think filler is probably a good word for it, to be honest. That's kind of what I've been calling them. And uh, I, I don't know. Filler is weird for me because... <clears throat> it just doesn't tend to work ever. And so after the first season, I remember thinking and and saying kind of out loud, super great season. I love what they're doing with the show, but why are there so many filler episodes that don't seem to really go anywhere? And considering it's also only eight episodes a season. Right. So if you're not going to have many episodes, why are we putting in episodes that seem to not really push the narrative that much? Um, but it's obviously incredibly intentional. Um, cause if you're going to do an eight episode arc, I mean, that's a really tight season. And so it's extremely intentional that they're doing that. And I had to think about it for a while and, and try and understand why that that would be happening because, you know, on face value, it seems like, well, you're, you're going to lose audience members if you're putting in episodes that don't seem to advance it very much. Um, you've right. got shows like The Boys <clears throat> that oh, man. they might have a slower burn in their plots over their eight to ten episode arcs, but the story is always getting pushed forward, and it's a little bit more traditional in that sense. And Absolutely, Mandalorian yeah. is like, eh, no, we're not really going to do that. But one thing it does, and I think there's a couple reasons probably why they do this. Um, one, Star Wars probably has the biggest world options of any anything ever. Um, there's mm-hmm. endless opportunities to do world building. And so if you're going to do yeah. a, a filler I, episode, um, it, it's not like these episodes don't go anywhere or do anything. I mean, things are yeah. happening and characters are being developed and stuff like that. But the overarching story arc for the the whole season seems like it just kind of takes a pause for a week. Mm -hmm. But that's not necessarily true. Um, Right. Usually there is one or two things that happens that will play into later episodes. And there's usually like character moments and world building and stuff like that, which is why I think they can get away with it. I think if you did it with anything else, it probably wouldn't work because there's just not the world building opportunities. There's not, um, you know, necessarily characters. It's kind of like the sum of its parts. It's not one or two things Mm -hmm. that's great. It's the whole thing together seems to work. And if you took out one thing, it'd be like a Jenga tower and it would fall. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I could agree with that. I, um, 
because every episode like whether the the grand scale of it may be it might seem filler there's always moments that happen that contribute to the next episode or later episodes so like if i'm thinking about the eight episode run of the first season um you know like the first two episodes kind of set up the first three episodes kind of set up like his relationship with the child and it's like okay that's like those first three episodes i think are really good and then you get into the fourth episode and that feel that's where it starts to feel a little filler it's like is that like the seven samurai episode that fourth one yes um and so that one's kind of like okay i've seen this before but it sets up this relationship that he has with this woman that's definitely romantic. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, this may come back full circle. Like, And they haven't acknowledged anything thus far from that episode. But I remember watching it and being like, well, first of all, this is obviously them acknowledging Kurosawa, who uh, was also a big inspiration for Star Wars, for the Jedi mm-hmm. and everything like that, those samurai films. Um, and Dave Filoni is also a big fan of that. Then you also have... Um, Cara Dune being set up, who's a character that is, is basically like one of the main characters of the show at this point, although she pops in and out kind of as she pleases. And then his relationship with that woman, which I forget her name. Um, she plays Jeremy Renner's wife mm-hmm. in Wind River. That's what I remember her yep. from. And I feel like they definitely will bring her back because there was like, you know, it was kind of like that glimpse of peace that maybe Mando wanted in his life. But I mean, he's, he's sworn to this creed. Um, He's sworn by uh, this religion uh, that he has, and um, I feel like they've always left like, open the, 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 just like off in the corner. There's this little possibility that maybe he kind of departs from. Settles down. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it's the way that they introduced him as a little bit of an outsider, um, that he's yeah. not a true blood Mandalorian or something like that. He's not. Yeah, he's a, he was a foundling, right. and so like he was basically adopted. Yeah. Um, I've always felt like there's going to be yeah. a point where he's going to be like, you know what, I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah, it's 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 weird. Like they haven't yet defined that whole thing, but it does get into that, and also him like not being able to take off the helmet in front of people, mm-hmm. which we hadn't seen him before with Mandalorians. Like, you know, in previous things, Mandalorians are taking their helmets off left and right. So it's like, okay, why is this this rare case anyway? Go to the fifth episode, and that sets up what we see in the first episode of season two is him going to Tatooine and kind of like, you know, getting this bounty. We get that tease of. I actually, uh, my assumption of the character that was at the end of that episode, it was either Cobb Vanth or Boba, but I'm going to assume it was Boba. Mm-hmm. Um, like finding this, you know, Fennec Shand or whatever um, in, in the. Uh, out in the desert. So it's like, okay, we're getting a little bit of a setup here. We know that there is this plot going on between Din Djarin and Boba. So like pretty filler episode, but you know, there's some moments in yep. there. Uh, also sets up more character connections. Uh, sixth episode. When you see in this episode also sets up more connections. It's when he breaks into the prison. And then the seventh and eighth episode is kind of when he goes back to that town at the beginning and tries to search for more Mandalorians and kind of ties into the whole Imperial side of things. So like, there's a lot going on, but it all connects. And so sometimes you'll feel like you watch an episode and you're like, wow, that didn't really progress the f- plot much further. Yeah. It was really enjoyable. I still enjoyed that episode. Like Mandalorian's kicking butt. Like he's, uh, he's on this adventure with, with characters that we usually like or killing characters that we don't like. <laughs> right. Um, or just putting it in these intense scenarios. And they do it in a really entertaining way, especially because the budget is so high, yeah. you know, like, and that's, and that's awesome. I love that. 
Um, and so that is like, you know, why would they want to make it like a movie? Because they've Star Wars has always been a movie. Why don't they serious? Like they're like, yeah, let's let's have a little bit more fun with this. We don't have to be like as strict on this arc. We do have an arc, mm-hmm. but there's some breathing room here. Yeah. Um, and I think only the the only reason why it's I think they would do more episodes this season. I feel like they probably would do like twenty episodes a season if the budget wasn't so expensive. Um, but I mean, Mandalorian is their cash cow, so right. Yeah, maybe Star they, Wars maybe is, eventually it will bump up. Star Wars is riding on the coattails of Mandalorian right now because yes. from a that's the number one. Yeah, thing. from a business standpoint, it's their only thing that's worked in the past six years. Um, collectively, yeah, it was anyway. like well, they had Force Awakens and Rogue One, which were like huge hits, and then and then Force Awakens, Last yeah. Jedi is where it started getting like is is where it started getting really muddled, yep. and so the past couple movies we've seen have not been well received. Yeah. Uh, but man, like everybody loves Mandalorian. Right. Like even if you don't love the Mandalorian, you love the Mandalorian. <laughs> like I don't know. It it's the make, best Star it, Wars just property. I mean, you can't say that Disney is yeah. made. Yeah, yeah, that Disney is made easily. It's the best property they've made. Um, you yeah. can't. I don't know if you can even say it's the best Star Wars thing ever. But it's like the one that it just seems really well contained. It's got its place. It's very understanding of what it is. Which the mm-hmm. biggest problem with Star Wars overall has been an identity crisis where it cannot figure out what it is. And Mandalorian right. doesn't have any issues like that at all. From the very beginning, it's known mm-hmm. exactly what it is and it plays right to it. And I think there's something to be said for the fact that it's run by John Favreau and Dave Filoni because they have never really had issues with the same things that. I think the movies have had Dave Filoni did Clone yeah. Wars and Clone Wars always understood what it was. Um, yeah. And in the movies, you can definitely see his stamp on it too. Right. And, and that's what I was kind of getting kind of going to get into is I think people who maybe didn't watch Clone Wars and Rebels won't understand. It. They may be a little bit more upset about the filler content mm-hmm. because Dave Filoni presents filler episodes within those shows and obviously the budget isn't nearly as high but it is animation Mm -hmm. so it's still kind of up there and it's good animation. Um, it's really good and uh even with what you'll say about rebels and its art style it's still good animation Mm -hmm. there's a difference there Mm -hmm. um but one thing that i noticed about rebels is how there were many episodes that were filler and i'm kind of like uh like it's one of these episodes where it doesn't like the episodes that aren't filler are really good, just like Mandalorian, just like Clone Wars. Um, Clone Wars filler was more on the filler side. Like you, you could you can skip entire episode arcs and it doesn't matter whatsoever. Right. You know, um, you would literally watch Rebels, it for character development. Right, exactly. Um, with Rebels, on the other hand, it's the same thing with Mandalorian. They're setting up these episodes that, while in the grand scheme of things, don't necessarily make a huge impact. There's characters and planets and all these other things, these little tidbits that come back later in the show that when you get to that point, say when you get to the series finale of Rebels, if you skip certain episodes, you're going to be like, who is this character? Why are they helping them out? I don't understand the relationship here. Like what, what's going on? And so like, it makes it worthwhile to have watched those episodes to be like, Oh, okay. I wasn't wasting my time just because Darth Vader wasn't in this episode or just because Ahsoka wasn't like doing this or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like just because it may have been Ezra, you know, going undercover under with 
in the Imperial Academy and like not feel like he just kind of did this thing and the episode was over like oh it comes back yeah um and we see that with the Mandalorian and I think that's definitely like John Favreau and Dave Filoni teaming up and being like well this works for Star Wars because Star Wars is a massive universe mm-hmm. um and I think you can also see within the Mandalorian some of that kind of MCU bleed yep. in there where they kind of like like <laughs> I think about uh one moment that's like I love this type of world building is if you remember in Iron Man two it was Gary Shandling he played Sen- Senator Stern and basically he was like this senator that hated Tony Stark uh, he was like kind of a jerk but he was really really funny and there's a part where like uh, at the end of Iron Man two he like pins a thing in his like chest or whatever and like uh, <laughs> like accidentally like pins Tony with it and he's like ah he's like oh sorry sorry. Yep. Well, then you're like, oh, you're never going to see that character again. No. Lo and behold, in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, he comes back and they reveal that he is a Hydra agent. And you're like, you're like, holy crap, that paid off for that one character in that movie about a different MCU character. And that's kind of how it feels with the Mandalorian. It's like, oh, in that second episode when he goes to the planet and he's, he has to get the egg and kill the Mudhorn, like even though the episode maybe won't seem like it progresses the plot, like he's just trying to get off the planet. Like he learns, well, first of all, he learns how to like tame a beast. He makes a connection with Nick Nolte's character Mm -hmm. who ends up becoming a character later on. He ends up uh, killing the Mudhorn with the child, which he figures out is force sensitive. And the Mudhorn ends up becoming their, their crest. So like, I will say this, it's very simple in its nature, but it's not, Yeah, I'll say this, that the Mandalorian approaches... So, okay, if you're going to have a character like the Mandalorian that's going to gallivant around the galaxy and do odd jobs, I mean, you're going to have... If you were to tell that story realistically in a way that doesn't seem like it's all baked in and you just can predict the freak out of it because, you know, it's just poorly told. If you're going to tell it in a compelling way, there's going to be moments where random things happen or you know they're chilling waiting for other things to happen or slowly connecting dots and and lines and things like that and so it's a realistic way of telling the story and for that like the weird part about the filler is you dislike the filler but you love it at the same time because you want the main plot to progress which that's, I mean, the main plot is what keeps you in it. You're always wondering, you know, what is going to happen next in that part of it. <clears throat> but these filler episodes give you just enough to where you're like, okay. Now, some of them less than others. Some of them give you like literally one thing for the whole episode that's going to yeah. connect to something later. Um, and some yeah. of them will give you more than others. Uh, but... It, it, it's like he's doing interesting things and you're getting a little bit more of who he is each time. Like the seven samurai episode where he goes to a village and they're attacked by uh, pirates basically, or whatever you want to call it. Orcs. Yeah. They're big old piggies. They're attacked by orcs and um, he has to do the classic, uh, you know, train the townspeople how to fight and they fight off the orcs and it's literally just lifted seven samurai plot magnificent seven um yep even in that episode um oh gosh 
you're getting uh let's see that was the one where he didn't take his helmet off and you knew beforehand that that was kind of a thing because you know they never took their helmets off but it 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 was very subtle nobody talked about it Mm -hmm. nothing like that and in that episode that was the first time you get oh more mandalorian lore or or more world building where you're you know adding layers to the puzzle so yeah even in these filler episodes there are things happening that you want to know about like if you skipped that episode you would miss things that you will wish you watched now you won't necessarily miss for overarching plot stuff like you could skip that episode and not probably miss anything about um Who's the who's the main antagonist of the whole show? I can't even... Giancarlo Esposito. What's that character's name? Uh, Moth, Moth Gideon. Gideon. That's right. You won't miss anything about Moth Gideon. You won't miss anything about... You don't even know he's a character until episode that's seven. That's Right. So, you're not missing anything necessarily by skipping it, but you are, you know? Like, you're not missing anything, yeah. but there's an asterisk there. You're missing character building. You're missing um, <clears throat> world building moments and and some lore and different things like that so you want to see them but if you're gonna be technical with it they are filler and so it's like this weird balance of it's tough to do but it seems to be done correctly when it is done and it gives you just enough that you're like oh you know i want to watch it and it's super well made and all this stuff. It's to say, it's like at the very least, like you can't complain because it's still entertaining. Right. You're like, well, that wasn't a b-. like the show has no bad episodes. Like, there's never an episode that's like that was bad. Right. Like, I think about the CW DC shows or just CW shows in general, right? There's episodes that clarification absolutely suck. Yes, I was a huge fan of things like Arrow and Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. Listen, Arrow and every was single one so of those shows cool until the, it was just like. It wasn't even filler. It was just like the whole season just was a big old fat dookie. Yeah. Well, like those early seasons that what that tends to be the trend is that they're really good. And maybe there's like a couple episodes that you're like not as invested in. But later on, I mean, they were doing 23 episode seasons mm-hmm. and almost half of them were just them fighting the villain of the week. Yep. And they're never, they were never really integral to like, like I think about the flash and like, I was always clamoring for, like, when is Reverse Flash going to come into play to this? And that first season, there was a lot of that. And then as time went on with, like, his other villains, like, I remember there was certain episodes that was just, like, well, that was a stupid episode. Like, he just fought, like, this bee lady. Like, that was it. Like, that was the whole thing. Like, oh, and this one character from Arrow showed up. Cool. Like, that kind of filler where it's literally them just pumping something out for the sake of pumping something mm-hmm. out, that is where it gets They could have cut bad. out like eight to ten episodes out of those shows. I was about to season. say, like, the like the, the Flash, like, I feel like the CW shows, they would save a whole lot more budget and it would probably be way more popular with even more mainstream audiences if they made it like a 13-episode mm-hmm. season. Like, budget isn't nearly as high as Mandalorian, but you're cutting out a lot of that filler crap. And I'm pretty sure that's and, what they did early on anyway. I don't know for not, sure. Really? I feel like the first Arrow? season was like 13, 15 episodes, something like that. I don't think there was in the, until with those early seasons, there was never an episode shorter than like 18 episodes. Okay. Which is for a out for an, for a show where they're like hour long episodes. That is a lot. Um, but then you, I get to think of even the walking dead where it's yep. like a show 
that yeah it because it was running out of like they had to keep on re because they didn't want to run out of things to do they had to keep on just like filling us in with just mundane stuff and really it was only giving us character development but it was never like anything drastic was happening like there'd be sometimes where it would literally be the entire episode of just a person walking around killing walkers Mm -hmm. and like like having some moral dilemma um and mandalorian you don't get that it's decent quality filler like i never i'm like like sometimes i will be disappointed because i'm like oh man i really want to see more of boba fett or maybe i want to see more of cobb vanth that's another thing an episode this first the premiere of mandalorian season two i don't think is like this crazy premiere but the fact that it introduces a really cool character has really awesome action set pieces yep. um, and there's a whole lot of a place that's familiar. Other stuff Yes, exactly. Like, Cobb Vanth is wearing Boba Fett's yep. armor. He's using a part of Anakin's pod racer as his speeder, which I was like, that's insane. Like, that would make sense that eventually, like, he would have sold that pod racer and it would have just, like, went through the mud and eventually somebody just got the pieces for yep. it. And then at the end, you get that tease with Boba. Yep. And it's like, okay, like, that wasn't an episode that was just pure plot, but, like, it was entertaining and it set up yep. things. The second episode is definitely lesser so, where it's like, doesn't really set up anything. It's just like, kind of, it's just fun. Um, it doesn't even really develop the characters that, well, eh, it kind of does in some senses, but it it connects some of those gaps to the first season, especially with like a, that prison break episode, mm-hmm. um, which is one of those episodes that I think was, like that prison break episode is probably the most filler episode because it was it doesn't extremely really do much random this. it was like very left field yeah but at the same time there's a whole lot of i love that there. episode yeah. yeah because like i mean he's interacting with these like with his like past life you're mm-hmm. like oh this mandalorian has had a lot more he, he's a lot more grizzled than you yep. think he is and uh also just come on like it, it's just him like killing rope like just like killing robots in really cool and ways it's like yeah. Like, Bill, you can't go wrong. <laughs> I mean, you probably could. No, Bilber's great. That's it's true. He, is, he actually is really good in that episode. He he works quite well. That that entire crew works well. He reminded me a lot um, of Yondu from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know why. <laughs> I guess I could see that. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, man. I, I, my, my hope for the show really, um, and just to let you guys know, this is definitely a, a shorter episode, and so I mean, we'll probably wrap this up a little bit quicker. But we just like you know, it's a little fresh on our minds. We were talking about it at breakfast this morning because for once in a blue moon, we actually uh, saw each other in person. It's kind of crazy. It's great. Um, but I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah, like I remember there was a constant complaint with me and Keenan about how like, Oh man, this episode is not, this show is not as dense as I want it to be. Like you compared it to the boys, which is a show that I finished both of those seasons. And I would love to talk about that at some point. Um, season, but it, I, in all regards, I believe it is a perfect show. I believe there is never a dull moment. Everything serves its purpose. It has like, like amazing acting, Mm -hmm. amazing plot, um, amazing special effects, like everything about it. It checks every box. Um, and those are two, eight episode seasons or, and so, you know, I go in thinking, Oh, Mandalorian going to have eight episodes that are like at least 50 minutes long. And everything is going to serve a purpose. And it's like, well, yes and no. 
like not to the extent of the boys, right. but it's still there, like we said, and that's okay. One thing that they'll be able to do is, well, backtracking a second, most shows tend to just run out of good stuff at about the fourth season. After a fourth season, there's just nothing good left to do. That fourth or fifth season is usually where it's like... Just about everything seems to go downhill. Even Game of Thrones. It, like, everything seems to go downhill after that fourth, fifth season, maybe. Um, Pull a Breaking Bad and just... Right. Breaking Bad it on Breaking Bad is very much... How many seasons did they do? Did they do four? They five. did five. It was so five. So, even yep. still, it was right around that threshold where it's like, eh, there's not really much else we could do with this. Um, and you see that with the CW shows. They go like eight seasons too long. Um, where it's just, you can tell yeah. the writers don't have anything original that they can come up with. That's not going to necessarily be the case for the Mandalorian because these arcs are much more of a slower burn. They're not doing anything too crazy ambitious with their plots. Not yet anyway. And they're much more contained in a smaller world, meaning Yes, it takes place in Star Wars, which is a massive, massive play box, uh, sandbox, sorry, sandbox that you can put stuff in, but they're not really using all of it. They're using small contained pieces of it. And what that's going to allow them to do is, especially since they've got a character that's going to be a kind of a, uh, a drifter, there's so many different things that they could do. He's not really locked no. down. Like... He can literally, like, and I hope they don't get to this point. We've talked about it before, uh, at least maybe on Comic Blast, of, like, I don't want him to be like, hey, there's Luke Skywalker. Right. Hey, there's Ahsoka, like, bumping into all these people. But, like, at the same time, when you get, you know, when he goes to Tatooine and he bumps into some pit droids, mm -hmm. you're like, oh, that's neat. Like, that's pretty cool. Or when he, you know, even when he bumps into just an alien from, like, you know, uh, from one from the original trilogy and like one from the sequel trilogy and one from the prequels and they're like oh that's cool like I'm getting that connection yep. right like it feels more established and um, also Mandalorian and has what great sense of theme and tone yes more than anything else Star Wars has ever done including all the movies combined um, Mandalorian right. is so solid in tone in that Every episode feels the same. It's very much Western, which is probably another reason why we like it. But it's got yeah. the first episode of season two, for example. There is a bar scene that is straight out of a Western movie. Like you've seen it in every single Western movie you've ever watched where Mando walks into a bar. It's empty. There's one bartender and he's a little bit nervous because there's this drifter walking into his bar and you can tell he's a little bit of a badass, but you don't really know what to do with him. And so he sits down, orders a drink, looks all menacing. And then a guy walks in, flips the little swinging doors and kind of stands there looking all intense with a hand on his pistol. And it's like, oh, OK, they're about to duel in a bar, you know, like you've seen that in every single Western thing ever, at least once. Yep. And so they can take little pieces of that genre and then put them into Star Wars, which means that they can do whatever they want. Um, but they understand exactly what they're doing. And I think that's probably why Mandalorian is so well received, because it's just the polar opposite of all the movies in the past 20 years, um, with maybe the exception of Rogue One, 
uh, where from the get go, they know exactly what they're doing. They have a plan in place. It's very well realized and understood. And everybody can tell when you watch Mandalorian, you're expecting a certain thing. And that has not always been the case for Star Wars. And that's probably why so many people are attracted to it because they know what they're going to get. Yeah. Oh, man, that is a great way to put it. Yeah, I think it has the clearest vision out of any Star Wars project or property because Star Wars just it has been a it's been a cursed franchise. I mean, from every single movie that's come out to even the other animated shows like um, and I won't get into all of the reasons why because I'll be here all day. But yeah, Mandalorian's the the one where it's like, nah, like it's it knows what it is and it it rolls with mm-hmm. it. And people love yep. that. Um, yeah, that's a great way to put it. I think that's all we've got for this episode. Uh, I don't know if you got yep. anything else you want to say, but nope. thank you for listening. This is a quick little, a little shorty about uh, Mandalorian. Yep. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, share the episode with your friends. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, share it on Spotify if you're listening to us there. Um, again, you can follow me on Instagram at Twitter and Twitter at Josh Johnson 98 with two N's and Grayson on Instagram and Twitter at Tradester eight. Yes, sir. Anything else you want to say? This is the way that was low hanging fruit. That was easy.